Hi and welcome to Leitrim Daily. My name is Brefni Early and you are listening to Kiss My Arts. It's episode 124 of the show. And today we have one of Leitrim's up-and-coming new writers. Kevin McManus joins me today to talk about his new book, The Dark Path, the first in a series, I'm going to say. I'm going to put him to the, nail him to the mast here. The first in a series about New York detective John Morrigan. Kevin, welcome to the program. Thanks very much. Thanks very much. Great to be here and uh, it's nice to meet you. We were arranging to get together a few times and it's finally come into being. So delighted to be here to be able to talk to you about my books and thanks for giving me the opportunity. Who would have thought that it would take so long to organise uh, a conversation between someone in Carrick and Shannon and someone in Carrick Absolutely, Gallery, especially yeah. when you work in Drumshamble. Yes, in, yes. You are, yeah. of course, a teacher in, in yeah. the vocational school in Drumshamble. Tell yeah. us a bit about that side of your life first. Well, I've been teaching altogether for about 20, 20 two years and I, I'm teaching in Drumashambo for 15 years and uh, lovely school to work in great staff and, and nice students and uh, you know there's a nice relationship there between staff and students and you know I, I enjoy teaching and teach history and geography and I used to teach a bit of English in the past as well so it's, it's, it's a good job and I suppose one advantage to teaching is that the holidays aren't so bad I suppose you could say and especially the summer holidays. So it does give you a good bit of free time to, to write. Now, throughout the school year, though, you know, you're lots of work to do, preparing classes and planning classes and so on. So writing throughout the school year, it can be hard to find time, but, you know, you try to squeeze it in where you can. Yeah, now you started writing maybe a decade ago <sighs> uh, from what we had a little chat before we started to record the interview. So you were working on your first book, The Whole of the Moon, from about a decade ago, eight, ten years ago, mm-hmm. but it took until three years for, ago for that to actually see the light of day as, as a book. That's true, yeah. Tell us about that process. Uh, I, I just started writing the book that became The Whole of the Moon, as you say, it's roughly about ten years ago. And I suppose I was kind of doing bits and pieces with it. You know, initially I didn't know where it was kind of going. I, I kind of wanted want to write a book just dealing with growing up in rural Ireland and the experiences of the late 80s and you know, dealing with the problems that existed back then with emigration, unemployment and, you know, student life and my memories of that time. And I wanted to try and capture that to a certain extent. And when I started writing the novel, uh, it was just meant to be a standard kind of a literary novel uh, with, you know, maybe a little bit of comedy thrown in at times as well. But as it started to to move on, uh, it, it kind of began to bring in various plots and subplots. And I, I brought in this this idea of the uh, plot of a hit and run accident. And it kind of went down the road with more of a crime story. Now, as I said, it took me a long time to write it because I suppose it was due to the fact I didn't have the confidence, you know, to do it. And I, I was writing at the time and a lot of it was trial and error. And I'd do a little bit of it during the summer holidays from school. And I'd write maybe here and there and I'd look at it. I'd say, oh, it's not great. And I'd pack it in. I wouldn't go back to it maybe for six months and I'd look at it again and I might write another couple of chapters. And I just thought, I don't know where I'm going with this, but I used to keep tipping away with it over a couple of years. And eventually, uh, I think it was maybe there around the Christmas of, I think maybe 2015 or something like that, uh, or maybe 2014, 2015, I think it was. Uh, I uh, I read a book actually, which in, uh, inspired me to, to finish it. Uh, and that was The Spinning Heart. And I read that book and I thought, God, I, I like the feel of this and I like the Donald Ryan's book and I like the way it's written. I like the language. And I could see some similarities between my book and uh, The Whole of the Moon because they're both kind of very much rural based. 
And the language is very plain as well. You know, it's very everyday language. So I thought to myself, you know, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to finish this book, uh, The Whole of the Moon. And that Christmas, which I think was the Christmas of 2015, uh, I just said, look, I'm going to finish it. So, you know, towards that time, I sat down. And from there till about Easter of, I think it was 2016, um, I, I just finished it. I just kept at it for about four months and I just finished it off. And I thought to myself, look, this... I don't know what it's going to be like. I don't know if it's any good or not, but I'm going to finish it. And uh, I actually showed it to my wife, Mary, and I says, uh, what do you think it is? She had no idea I was writing a book. Oh, you know, really? No idea whatsoever. Nobody knew because I used to be, you know. You had that was, little confidence. I was, yeah, I just didn't tell her. And I'd be, you know, at a little study at home where I'd be preparing classes and things like that. And, you know, after doing my homework or getting stuff ready for school, I might spend a half an hour tipping away writing at this and you know, I showed it to her then around April, May of that year. And I said, what do you think of this? And she says, what, you've wrote a book? I said, yeah. She sa- I said, look, it, it could be rubbish. What do you think of it? And she read it and she said, God, it's really good. And uh, she was really impressed with it. And she says, why don't you send it off to a publisher? So I said, well, look, I'll give it a shot. I hadn't much confidence to get it published. And I think the first thing I did was actually send it off to an editor. I looked up uh, on the internet for some editor and I came across an editor in Dublin and I sent it off to her and I got her to read through it and maybe help me to shape it up a bit and to polish it up. And she gave me some feedback on how I could uh, improve on it. So I got back to work on it again for another couple of months and I shaped it up and polished it up. And then I sent it off and uh, eventually I got a publishing deal with it. And uh, yeah, and... The book came out then and uh, it got a great response. You know, people really loved it. And I think what they loved about it was it was it's quite a, a simple book. You know, it's, it's a straightforward book and it's just, it's, and perhaps it's a book that people can kind of, uh, they can have some association with. You know, it's about rural Ireland and maybe perhaps people of a certain age, maybe people in their 30s or 40s, you know, might be have a nostalgic uh, viewpoint of their youth and they can read this book and they can kind of get absorbed by it. And, a lot of people, you know, really liked it, and and that gave me the confidence to go ahead and uh, and go ahead another book. And while while that book has been published, the whole of the moon, uh, the the book company asked me, you know, what genre do you want to uh, market it under? And I says, well, there was a kind of romance element to it, and I just I said, well, I don't think I want to be known as a romance novelist. So I said, but there was certainly a crime aspect to it. So they said, let's go for the crime, the crime aspect, the crime genre. So they kind of marketed me as, as, a, as a crime writer. So I kind of thought, OK, well, this is the avenue I'm going in. And, uh, and I kind of took off from there. So after The Hole in the Moon, you wrote Under the Red Winter Sky. Yeah. Which is a, a sequel to that? It was a sequel to it. Um, and uh, because when I, I wrote The Hole of the Moon, it, it kind of finishes in a bit of a cliffhanger. You know, and uh, I won't I won't reveal the ending, but uh, and intentionally I wanted to leave it as a kind of a cliffhanger. You know, I, I wanted to leave a bit of mystery at the end of it, and and that's the way. And then people said to me, you know, you can't leave it like that. We want to know what happens next, and so I kind of thought, no, I'm going to leave it like that. I prefer the ending. I want to leave a bit of mystery to it. And people said, no, we got to find out what happens next. So I said, okay. So I sat down and I, I wrote the sequel to it. And the sequel was was set about, I think it's 30 years later on, uh, and dealing with some of these central characters as they're older. Because in the whole of the moon, you know, the characters are kind of in their 
their 20s and in the under the red winter sky they're kind of in their 50s early 50s and it's kind of dealing with them as adults and then the, the next generation that came after them and kind of focused on that as well and it was trying to tie up the loose ends from the, the first novel so you know people people liked it uh, it went well and people are even looking now for a third installment in that story but I, I don't know where I'm going to go with that yet maybe I will at some stage but who knows you know is that the nice part of writing a book when someone comes back and gives you feedback and saying, I loved it when that character did that particular thing? Why do you write the book? Do you write it to get that kind of feedback? Do you write it to get people asking you what happens next? I think it is, yeah. You know, it, it, it's it's the encouragement you get. You know, you know when you're, when you're sitting at home and you're sitting at home in, in Carrie Gallon, outside Carrie Gallon. I live in a little place called Killahark. And, you know, when you're sitting there and you're reading, writing this novel, and writing can be a very solitary thing, you know, and it's all, it can be very private to a certain extent. And it, it's hard to think then that, you know, maybe six months, a year later, there's somebody reading that book out in Canada or Australia, and then they're getting back to you and saying, God, I love that book. And it's, you know, it's, that's, that's what kind of gives you the encouragement. You know, somebody saying, you know, I really got into that book and it really meant something to me and I could really relate to it. And that really what gives you the encouragement, you know. Um, th that's what really gives you the drive to go on. You know, we all want to be uh, hugely successful authors, I suppose. But, you know, even if you get some people who are consistently admire your books and praise your work, it, it gives you the momentum to keep going. And, you know, you know, why do you write? I suppose that you write because... Perhaps there's, there's things you want to explain and the things you want to examine yourself. And maybe by writing, you're examining these your own private thoughts and things you want to get out on paper, I suppose. Let's talk about the Ray Logue trilogy before mm -hmm. we get on to The Dark Path. Who or what is Ray Logue and where does he come from? Well, uh, when I, as I go back to The Hole of the Moon and it was kind of marketed as a crime novel. So I kind of thought, OK, let's try and go down that path. And I kind of thought... Well, let's go for, you know, your archetypal detective story. So I decided I, I'd, I'd write an archetypal detective story, which was kind of set in, in Ireland. And, you know, you, the idea was that you, you write about your surroundings is what you know about. And the Ray Log books were set in, in the west of Ireland in, uh, in the fictional town of Port Ard, which is in, in Mayo. I suppose it's kind of loosely based on someplace like Westport, but on a much bigger scale. I suppose it's a mixture between Westport and Sligo or something like that. So um, it, I kind of wanted to kind of go that avenue. And I, I always loved uh, crime uh, films growing up, you know, uh, when I was a kid. And one particular film I always loved was The French Connection with Gene Hackman playing Popeye Doyle. And I always loved that character. And I kind of based Ray Logue a little bit on that character, Popeye Doyle, you know, that character from The, the French Connection. So I wanted to kind of base him in, in an Irish setting. And... Uh, it, it worked well and we started off with, with Debt Rains Down and again it went out and uh, it dealt with, with again, a lot, a lot of my books tend to finish on cliffhangers and uh, which maybe is a good thing or a bad thing and then I suppose the reason why I do that is because I want to entice readers onto the next book. Uh, so... Uh, and then that kind of finished uh, on a cliffhanger so I had, was forced to kind of write a sequel on that and uh, that developed into the second book in the series then which was New Blood and uh, and it kind of went on to that level and that progressed then onto the, the third book in the series which came out last year which was uh, with Nine Lives and uh, and Nine Lives was you know the first two Ray Logue books were kind of standard fast-paced detective novels 
Whereas the third one uh, in the Ray Log series, I kind of wanted to slow it down a little bit and it was focused more, slightly more psychological and slightly more darker. Uh, it dealt with a serial killer. You know, the first two novels kind of dealt with fast paced action and they kind of dealt with gangsters and things like that. This one was a slower one, Nine Lives, and dealt with more psychological things and, and dealt with uh, trying to track a serial killer uh, from Ireland to, to the USA. And, and that's and, and that was I so I enjoyed writing that actually it was, a, it was a good change from the first two it's interesting that you say it brought you from Ireland to the USA because yeah. that's exactly what the latest book The Dark Side or The Dark Path has done for mm-hmm. you you're now started a whole new uh, character yeah. as the lead character of the the series John Morrigan is the name of mm-hmm. the New York detective that you've come up with I have bought the book I haven't finished it but right. I am well into it right absolutely loving it well I'm glad you do and uh, I have to say it's kept me enthralled and only that I'm so busy in work I'd have been up uh, reading it every night because I, I got through about 70 or 80 pages of it right. in the first sitting and it was just absolutely fantastic and I was like what happens next what happens next the whole way through why have you made that decision to leave west the west of Ireland, rural Ireland behind, so to speak, and go to the, to set your your next book in America? Well, I'm not going. I've left it temporarily, at least for the time being. I will go back, you know, uh, to the Ray Log series eventually. But the reason why I wanted to switch to America is because uh, and to New York is because New York and America is such a kind of wide open plane, you know, and you're kind of free to to develop storylines. When you're developing storylines uh, based in in Ireland, the west of Ireland, you're you're trying to keep things, you know, what you're writing is fiction, and to a certain extent, it's kind of fantasy. But you're trying to base it on, on real events and and real scenarios. So there's only so far you can kind of push it in Ireland to make it realistic, you know. Because uh, whereas in in New York, you know, it's, it's such a vast open space, and there's so much more uh, openings and avenues for developing storylines, you know. Um, so. It, in some ways, John Morrigan is a very new character. Uh, he's a little bit, you know, a bit like your your hard-nosed detective again, a bit like a kind of a Ray Logue to a certain extent, but he's kind of a younger man. Um, he's not as kind of uh, downtrodden as Ray Logue. And, um, you know, new, just it was just a new, new scenario, a new setting. It gave me far more, more scope, you know, to develop storylines. And this current book now, The Dark Path, uh, featuring John Morrigan, um, it, it kind of deals with a detective who's just investigating what appears to be a standard homicide, and uh, where a, a local a man in Hell's Kitchen who has been gunned down in what appears to be uh, a burglary, or uh, and then it just turns out that as he investigates the story, he finds out that one of the chief witnesses of the crime that she's killed within the next few days. Now, it's hard to describe the story without giving too much of the plot away, uh, but what he does discover is that as he kind of gets into it, he discovers that there's very much higher forces at play. It's not just a straightforward crime. It wasn't just a, a straightforward um, you know, attack on a, on a pawnbroker shop, that there's far more sinister forces at play and as he tries to, to delve into it, uh, he realizes that he's up against some some very serious, powerful individuals within New York society who've kind of got their their fingers in almost every aspect of society, from from politics to the police force. And he's uh, when, when he's just about to spring the trap, you know, he he's kind of uh, thrown, you know, completely sidetracked, and uh, he he's kind of realized that to progress further with the investigation he's going to risk his career and possibly 
I'm going to stop you <laughs> because you've got to where I am in the yeah, book. Yeah. And I think you've probably already said too much yeah, in terms yeah. of the, the storyline, but it is all of those things. Mm-hmm. As an independent person, and I, I do like to read those books in particular. I would have grown up on um, stuff like uh, Michael Crichton and Michael Connolly and um, John Grisham as well. Right. So those kind of legal detective yeah. stuff. Um, I've always enjoyed the kind of the, the thrill of that. Right. And this is just as good as those, mm-hmm. in my opinion. I think Thank it's, you. It's, it's, very much. it's really, really well, good. It's nice to put me in that bracket. I don't think if, you know, if, if a tenth of the talents of those guys you mentioned, I'd be extremely happy. But, you know, it's an enjoyable arc. It's no great, incredible work of literary fiction by no means, but it's a kind of a fast-paced thriller. It's escapism. Uh, and, you know, it, th- there certainly seems to be a market for it because at the moment, you know, crime fiction is certainly the biggest selling genre in the world. It's kind of outsold horror. Horror used to be the biggest selling genre. Now it's crime fiction. And in, in this country as well, you know, it seems to be a, a fast-growing market. Yeah. Talking about markets, this book has come out, I think it was last month mm-hmm. you launched it. How have you, how's it gone? Are you happy with how it's gone? It's gone well, yeah. Um, I it, it was published by uh, an English company uh, called Bloodhound Books, who are a very, very uh, successful um, company who specialise in crime fiction. And they've got a great team there who uh, put so much effort into, into marketing the book. And they use a great deal of social media to do so. And it's gone very, very well. You know, the, the publication day was back last week, Monday, the 28th. And, and sales have been good. You know, I can't complain. Uh, it, it's been doing very, very well uh, for the first week of sales and, and uh, consistently at the moment. Now, you know, the, the big seller uh, tends to be ebooks, Kindles. You know, that's that's the way things are going. Um, paperbacks, not so much so. Uh, but but ebooks, that's, that's the way it's going. There's a certain amount of sales in, in the paperback uh, side too, format, but... It's the ebooks that really are that really are selling, but uh, it seems to be the way to go. I think you know some people perhaps uh, are more traditional; they prefer to read the paperbacks. Uh, but but it, it seems to be maybe in the UK, the USA, uh, ebooks are the big thing. That's what goes like you know. I think the biggest problem in books nowadays is the distribution of them because. Mm-hmm. Particularly, I obviously have the experience of, of writing a book and trying to distribute a book, and it's an absolute nightmare. Yes. There's so many gatekeepers between the writer and that book getting into the purchaser's hand mm. in their local bookshop. It, there's probably seven or eight different hurdles, Absolutely. and they're fairly substantial hurdles, whether it's getting into an agent or getting to an editor or getting to the publisher, then the publisher getting into the distributor, the distributor, the wholesaler, giving it to the retailer who then has to get it. And every single one of those people have to open that gate mm-hmm. and promote you through that gate sure. to get through. And it's, yeah. it's not just as simple as sitting down and writing a book no. and handing it to somebody mm-hmm. and it gets into the books the following week or into the shops the following yeah. week. Because even that process can take six to 18 months sure. from when you've finished the book and handed it to your publisher yeah. to actually it being on the shelf and being that's, launched. That's sure, yeah. And then on the other side of that, it could take, like there are still... Let's say, for example, someone went in to buy my book the week it came out in a bookshop. Mm. There are certain bookshops where that money has still not reached me for that purchase sure. of a book, of a paperback book. But with an ebook, as much as I don't really like Amazon uh, for, for the paperback book or the, the ebook, when someone goes in to buy that today, there's money in your account in probably inside two, three weeks. Sure, yeah. Which is nice. Yes, yes. It's fairly quick, yeah. That's the that's the good thing about it. Yeah, distribution is the whole thing, you know. And uh, 
Um, you know, people often ask to me, you know, is, is your book available? Can you get it in Easton's in Dublin or can you get it here and there? So at the moment, not so much. So there's it, not not a great avenue for distribution into, into bookshops. But, uh, you know, sometimes I do supply local bookshops, you know, maybe perhaps sometimes I supply Mulvey's here in Carrick with some books and uh and other local bookshops but but mainly it, it's it's through the, the ebooks and and downloads through through amazon so look you know if people want the book you just you just go online and you click it and you get it there within seconds you know or alternatively you can order the book online through amazon and you probably have it within a week you know so it's not too bad from england um but uh yeah that, that that's the whole thing at the moment and as you say you know from writing the book you know you think when you've actually wrote the book that the work is over it really isn't you know so in some regards the work is only starting because sometimes you know you might have wrote three or four or five drafts of a book and then you send it off to your publisher and they might say well you've got to get a tidy up this and they might suggest ways you can improve it you've got to go back down to it again you've got to rewrite parts of it again you can send it off again and you know they might say well there's a little bit here you should change and then you've got to go back to it again so you know after you finish what you think is the finished article you could still have four or five months trying to finish it up again and then it goes to the publisher and they have worked uh, to get it and to get it to the marketplace as well so the whole thing is is a long process um, how did it feel when you first held the whole of the moon your first book in your hands yeah that was a physical paperback yeah that was incredible incredible feeling i think it's you know as, as it goes on and as i said i've published six books now that feeling does kind of reduce as you go through it you get a little bit kind of passe about it perhaps but the first book you know when the first book about the whole of the moon and I remember the parcel arrived at home and I opened up the parcel and you know I had so many books in it and to actually hold the book in your hand was incredible you know that was that was some feeling you know uh, I don't think you'll ever capture that again you know it's just the magic of that actually seeing your first book and holding it in your hand you know uh, it's, it's a great feeling as time goes on I suppose it gets you get a bit kind of blasé about a certain extent but it's always exciting to see the next book it's always great to see it too like you know I think even the first time when I wrote The Whole of the Moon and you know when the publishers sent me the cover you know they sent me the image of the cover you know you know, you find the hair stand up in the back of your neck and you actually see the cover of the book you know it was quite magical because as I said writing the book at the time when you write it it's such a personal thing. You're sitting at home, you're on your own, you're writing this book, and then it's out there. It's actually a physical thing. You know, it's a it's an incredible feeling to see it, you know. You mentioned before that everybody wants to be a successful author. What does that mean nowadays? Is it financial? Is it critical? Is it awards? What makes a successful author, in your opinion? I think what what makes a successful author is that, I suppose, number one, you're happy yourself with what you produce and you're you're happy with the materials of a good standard. That's very important because number one, you've got to you've got to be content yourself with it. And secondly, then you know if 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 there's people out there and they're giving you positive feedback, you know that makes it all the worthwhile. You know because you know when you you write a book and it goes out there and, and somebody gets back to you from you know the middle of Canada or from Australia and they've read your book and it's very hard to believe it. And that's just that I think that's what makes being being an author successful. When, when people enjoy your work. Now, you mightn't be selling on massive numbers around the world, but if, if numbers are, are good enough and they're, they're fairly solid and people are, are happy with your work and they're content with it and giving you uh, praise, then it gives you the, the, the push to, to work on again, you know? So, you know, 
I, I don't think it's all about uh, financial aspect. Now, if somebody offered me a million uh, euro tomorrow as an advance, I, I wouldn't turn it down. But uh, no, I, I think it's all about uh, the contentment of it, that you enjoy it, other people enjoy it, you know. You've had feedback from all over the world, but have you had feedback from any of your students in class in Luxembourg? I have, yeah. Now, the thing about my books is uh, I wouldn't encourage uh, students under the age perhaps of 18 or perhaps definitely 16 not to read it because some of the content is a little bit adult you know uh, there's a little bit of violence in some of the books because of the fact that crime novels of course there's going to be a certain amount of, uh, of violence involved so you know I would encourage younger readers to 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 actually read them now but you do from time to time you know uh, you know sometimes you have students that come up to you uh, at the end of class maybe older students you know maybe leaving search students students about 17 or 18 and uh, they'll say to you in the class uh, I read your book and I really enjoyed it and that, that's really good to get you know it, it's, it's great to get that or sometimes you might get past students now, maybe students you've taught two or three years ago, and they'll contact you. They might send you a little message through social media or something like that, and they'll say that they read the book and they actually they really enjoyed it, you know. Uh, so that's that's great, you know. Or other things that's very encouraging sometimes is when, when somebody starts writing, and they might start writing themselves, or they could be writing short stories, or they could publish a book, and they, they might say to you, you know, the reason why I started writing is because I read your book. And that, that's, a, that's a really uh, great boost, you know, when you hear that, you know. It's a nice thing that you can inspire other people to write, you know. The one that always got me was when someone up said, I don't read books. Yours is the first book I yeah. ever read because yeah. I liked it. Or yeah. I, I liked the first page, so I kept reading. Yeah. And I got to the whole thing. That's right. You know, th that's quite a nice little I got that because some people often say to me things like that. God, I don't read many books, but I love reading your books. <laughs> So I kind of, I often thought I'd put that in the back of uh, one way books, you know, for a book for people who don't like reading books. You know? so. <laughs> there is a nice cluster of writers in the county. I know Michael Harding probably gets most of the column inches, mm -hmm. but Jane Gilhaney Barry, That's right, Baltimore, yeah, no, Jane. Nicola Kearns in Baltimore, yeah. Fina, yourself, Connor yeah. Braden, Manor Hamilton just launched his first book, and there's many, many more yeah. as well. What is it about this part of the world that inspires so many people to to take the pen? A good question, you know, why it is. Um, I suppose we all inspire each other. You know, there's, there's so many great people from the county. Of course, you've got Seamus Rourke there in Carrie Gallon, and, you know, he's he's a great artist, a great poet, a great writer. Uh, I have a cousin of mine there as well. She's called Christina Nixon. She's published a number of books too uh, in Carrie Gallon. I suppose we inspire each other. Um, you know, what is it about Leedstrom that makes people write? I don't know what it is. Um Maybe it's just the remoteness of the area. Maybe it's the quietness. Maybe it makes you very introspective more so because there isn't so much hustle and bustle around and, and the quietness kind of makes you withdraw into yourself more so uh, and to write about it. Uh, but but certainly there's a, at the moment, there's there's a great creative output in the county. You know, you mentioned uh, Jane Kalili Barry and Nicola Kearns and there's other people too. There's uh, a couple of writers around Carrie Gallon too. There's Ashling Doonan, she's writing short stories too. And there's a great writers group there called the Screef Scribbles Book uh, Club. You know, there, there certainly is, and uh, it, it's great to see it. I, I can't put my finger on why it is, but it certainly is a quite a creative area, you know. I suppose even back to the John McGarren, we've always yeah, had yeah. a love of the... the I suppose maybe it's the landscape, you know. You know, I love John McGarren's work, you know, and I love the way John McGarren kind of captured the landscape and how it inspired the work. And that's what I tried to do a little bit in some of my earlier books in The Whole of the Moon, you know, to kind of really give a feel for the landscape 
and the landscape inspires the people. I've kind of moved away from that a little bit with the kind of crime novels, but there's something I'd love to go back to. You know, something what I would like to do go back to maybe is to, is to kind of more standard literary fiction, uh, you know, when I get time, because, but sometimes you're you're kind of on a treadmill all the times in terms of producing the next book, the next book, and the next book. And, you know, you've got to produce next crime novel. Sometimes it would be nice just to take a step back sometimes and delve into something a bit more literary and take really take your time with it you know maybe take a couple of years and something that kind of explores other aspects of life more than you know crime novels absolutely well listen i have to recommend people get their hands on a copy of the dark path it is the latest novel from um from kevin McManus, of course a native of carrie gallon and his sixth book overall the other ones I will list in the description notes here in the uh, on the podcast as you're listening to it. But the whole of the moon kicked the ball rolling uh, about three or four years ago, and you've been just prolific ever since. So Thanks very much. Congratulations yeah. on on all your success, and hopefully it continues through the next few months until your next novel, probably which comes out next week, does it? Oh well, I've, I've, I'm actually I have a collection of short stories I'm going to bring out in the spring. So I've had stuff I've been pulling together for years, and again, this is more kind of literary stuff. And little bits of poetry, little bits of short stories. So all kind of stuff that kind of doesn't fit into a genre. And I've kind of compiled that into an anthology. And hopefully I'm going to publish that maybe around February in the springtime. And after that, uh, another John Morrigan book, probably next autumn. And uh, we'll take it from there, really. Will Ray Logue be making it? Ray Logue, hopefully too. You know, it's trying to get time for all these things. I want to go back to Ray Logue as well, you know, maybe next year. Uh, maybe go back to him too if of time you know if you have time you can do lots of things but you know obviously you're you're working hard uh, teaching as well and trying to find to squeeze everything in and you know your job has to come first you know teaching is number one but you know whenever you can you know you can find time hopefully I'd like to get back to Ray Logue as well Kevin Manns thank you so much for coming in and having a few words with us thanks very much uh, this was of course Kiss My Arts here on Leitrim Daily it's episode 124 of the show I will be back tomorrow with the sports roundup on Leitrim Daily here, looking at the weekend sporting action. I hope you will join me then. Thank you to Kevin McManus for coming in. And don't forget to go out and get your hands on The Dark Path. It's available on Amazon, paperback and as an ebook as well. I'll be back with the sport, as I mentioned. Talk to you then.